0: Wasn't it fabulous to see all the young people up here tonight? Thanks guys for that, it was a great team. I think they need a clap too, why don't we do that? <clears throat> and we say thank you for using your service and your ministry gifts to the Lord. We, we were blessed and I trust you were as well. Um, there, I think I've got one announcement. Is there an announcement that's going to come up? No, no announcement? That suits me well. <laughs> and I'm sure it does to you too. But let's just pray together as we come before the Lord. Father, we're already in your presence and and uh, we just want to marvel at that truth and stand in awe and wonder the fact that we can enter the very holy place through a new and living way, through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And Lord, we may not understand a lot of what that means, but we do know that it's so good to be in your presence, so good to be listening to you, so good to be here among your people and to know that you're here with us and uh, father we just look forward to this fellowship with you and and just pray that you'll speak into our hearts and our minds and may we be just like sponges here tonight that just soak up everything that you want to say and do amongst us so have your way lord have your say in our lives and we know that we'll be the better for it if we allow you to speak into our hearts and And then that not only that we become hearers of your word, that we become doers of your word, we know that's going to be good. And so, Lord, we ask that you'll meet with us now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 As a young person and a young believer in Christ, um, our church had a part-time associate pastor who's... Main ministry was to be involved with the growth the development of the youth and the young people, uh, the youth and and young adults of our church, um, as well as as reaching those outside of Christ as well. This is what he was employed to do. And uh, his name was Robin. Uh, Rosemary will know this guy. I won't mention his surname, but his name was Robin. He was a single bloke back then and he'd been a uh, top footballer in his day. Um, And I don't remember all the circumstances Uh, but he got gloriously saved converted out of a life of alcohol abuse and immorality he was a real ladies man this bloke and uh, and so dramatic was the change so dramatic was the change in his life that a young woman who knew Robin before gave her life to Christ when she saw the difference that Jesus had made in his life isn't that powerful And uh, she ended up by coming to our church as well. And we kind of thought, both the young people kind of thought, oh, these two are going to, you know, link up and I'm sure they'll get married. But no, that never happened. God had other plans. She married someone else. And later on, Robin, he he married someone else as well. Um, But uh, um, what what a glorious transformation took place in this bloke's life and obviously all that happened before he came to us and became you know our associate pastor but Robin had a passion for God he had a passion for God that was infectious you know he he loved God and we knew that he loved us as well as the young people and the youth and I remember a few of us blokes driving and this bloke used to drive an old Monaro you know uh, be worth a fortune these days but he drove this old manara and there was a few of us that went with him and I can't remember where we went we went to a number of Christian conferences and stuff like that and we were going with him one day and and we were listening to the radio where um, someone was being interviewed on the radio about all the marvelous accomplishments that they had achieved and you know there was this interviewer was singing their praises and this person was kind of acknowledging all that and enjoying the you know the, the, the so on all the, the the publicity about it all I suppose. And so after listening for a while, <clears throat> we're all listening to this and sort of talking, and after listening for a while, Robin comes out of the blue. He comes out with this comment and this question. Of, Robin asks this question. Robin so now plays the, the part of the interviewer. And so we're listening to this. And then Robin says this. He says, yes, but where are you spending eternity? And it was like he threw a spiritual hand grenade into the whole conversation and just... You know, And it, and it was this, this whole way of seeing things, it just kind of blew the whole thing apart and, and it kind of made us realise that, um, yeah, I mean, these people were really talking about... Well, the whole conversation was centred on, on worldly successes and values, that's really what it was about. And it got us all thinking and talking in the car about, you know, as Christians and even back then we knew some of us were older we'd been down the track a little bit and uh, you know and some of us knew that how foolish and futile human self-sufficiency and worldly values really are where does it go what does it mean when it comes to the things of God how does God measure all that you know and you know it's funny because it's a question that's been in my mind it's that 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 thing that he asked you know uh, uh, yeah and by the way where are you spending eternity it's the sort of thing that plays on my mind. It's a question that I've often asked myself, asked myself in similar circumstances. You know, because, because the heart of the matter for every human being is that question. If you want to drill right down into what the real heart of the matter is for every single human being on the face of the earth, it is that question. That question. I hear what you're saying. I hear all the accomplishments that you've done. I hear all the successes. Great. But here's the question, yes, but where are you spending eternity? I kind of wondered about did we have the Golden Globes just recently? Golden Globes and whatever it was, the Logies and Miss Universe, what was it? Yeah, the Oscars and stuff and you know and Miss Universe and all this sort of stuff. Can you imagine the, the MC I'm just sort of playing around a bit? The MC up there and, and these, these people are sort of telling about all that they've done and you know, and everybody acknowledges all the great things they've done and the comedy. Yes, but, but where are you spending eternity? Because it's the heart of the matter, isn't it? And in John 3, we see Jesus doing a similar thing. where Nicodemus comes to him, now Nicodemus is no ordinary bloke. He's a very clever, accomplished religious leader. Israel's teacher. And he came to visit Jesus one night to talk to him. So this is the setting, as it's already been read to us. But let me read these verses again. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a member of the Jewish ruling council he came to Jesus at night and said Rabbi we know you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him in reply Jesus declared I tell you the truth no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again and I don't know about you if you when you read that to me it seems that Jesus seems to answer a question that Nicodemus isn't even asking. Where did that question come from? And you know, it ought not to surprise us because the Lord Jesus always, always, always knows how to get to the heart of a matter with people just like you and me. He did back then, he does today as well. He always knows how to get to the heart of the matter with each one of us and I love these scriptures here's a few I'm just going to throw out to you to have a look at this is God you know um, Jeremiah says this I the Lord search the heart I test the mind Hebrews says this and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do so we, we have a God, we have a God who knows and sees the heart of the matter with his creation. He sees it all. And we have a God who loves us dearly, you know, he knows you and yet he loves you dearly. I think that's amazing. Um, and he knows, he knows our needs. He knows what our needs are. And our greatest need is what Jesus told Nicodemus in this passage. Our greatest need is what Jesus came out with and told Nicodemus. That's the heart of the matter. And it's this, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And in verse 7, Jesus comes straight out and says this, you must be born again. You must be born again. The Amplified Version says this, Marvel not, do not be surprised or astonished at my telling you, you must be born anew from above and that's what this means being born again means being born above being born of the spirit of God that's really what it means and you know what I also love about this passage from John 3 and I suppose this is what really got to me as I started to read through it and sort of ponder this over the days or weeks that are leading up to this message what I love about this is the whole setting about that this is in and what I mean by that is that Jesus was there for Nicodemus. He was right there for him. He was at the right place for him, the right place for Nicodemus. Jesus was there at the right time for him. And he had the right word for Nicodemus. And again, isn't this so typical of how God works in our lives? Let me put this to you. Let me ask you this. Have a think about this for a minute. Think about your own encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the time that you were converted. Think about when Jesus got to the heart of the matter with you and with your life. I want you to think about that. And then I'm going to ask you this. Where were you at that time? not necessarily just geographically, but where were you spiritually? Where were you emotionally? Where were you geographically? You see, because wherever you were, Jesus was right there for you at just the right place. And you met him. He was there and you met him. When did you meet him? When was that? When was that? You see, again, because... Whenever it was, and whatever the time was that, Jesus, that you met Jesus, he was there for you. He was there for you just at the right time. And you met him. It, this has really, really got to me. I don't know if it's getting to you so much. And here's another one. What did you hear him say to you? You see, because whatever it was, it was the right word. And I imagine Jesus got to the heart of the matter with you, as he did me. And you listened and you met him and he's been with you ever since. Right place, right time, right word. Jesus was there in all of those places, if you like, it, in, in, in all of those situations. And Nicodemus was at the right place, in the right place, and so was the Lord Jesus. And not only the right place geographically here, but I'm suggesting Nicodemus was also in the right place spiritually to meet Jesus. You know, and, and although he was a highly intelligent man, he was a highly moral man, highly religious, decent living kind of a bloke, no doubt. I believe that Nicodemus still knew he was missing something from his life. And I wonder if you're here tonight and you're feeling like that. I wonder if you're here tonight and you know, deep inside, you know, something's, something's missing. And you might be very successful, you might have a lot of stuff going on in your life for you, but something in here, there's something missing. I believe Nicodemus felt like that. But if you're here tonight and you're feeling like that, just want to say, so good to have you with us tonight really is please continue to listen to what God might want to say to you you know as we go through John uh, John's gospel one of the characteristics um, that we discover in John's gospel is, is, is his use of the symbolism of light and dark and he uses this symbolism to describe the spiritual condition of a person's life for example, in, in, uh, in chapter 3 uh, and verse 19 and 20, we read this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that his deeds will be exposed. You know, and I believe that Nicodemus knew something was wrong. Something was missing, something was not complete in his life. And you know, the fact that John mentions him coming at night. And there might be some who disagree with that, but I just think that the fact that John mentions Nicodemus coming at night could well be symbolizing where he was spiritually. You see, he was still in the dark. He was still in the dark and you know what? I don't think he knew he was in the dark until he saw the light. And I'm talking about the true light. We often hear that saying, oh, you've seen the light. Well, I don't know what that means. I'm talking about the light of Christ here. The true light, the one who is the light of the world. And the one who calls us, his people, to be the same. You are the light of the world, he says. And look how the Apostle Peter also describes this symbolism of darkness and light. In his epistle, Peter, 1 Peter 2.9 says this, great words, but you are a chosen people. He's talking about God's people, you tonight, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness Into his wonderful light. Hey? So good to be in the light, isn't it? Some of you know what that really means because you've been in the dark and now you're in the light. His wonderful light. It's a good place to be. And if you're here tonight and you think you're in the dark, you may need to meet Jesus tonight. It might be you, your time to meet him. And experience his wonderful light invading the darkness of your life. That's what he does. That's what he did with me. And I'm sure he's what He done with a lot of people here tonight. You see, Nicodemus was still in the dark until he met Jesus. The one who is the light of the world. Who happened to be in the right place for him. And he's in the right place for you tonight. And you know, God wants you and me to work with him, to be in the right place for him. That's another part of this. He wants you to be working with him, to be in the right place for him. And and it could well be where where you are right now. It could be where you are in your workplace, where you are at your college or your place of study, uni, whatever. It could be right where you are. But listen to this. It could be in another place. It could be in another country. And again, this is the question that I think all of us need to be able to come to the Lord with and surrender it to him. Because wherever it might be, this is the question, are you willing to be in that right place for the Lord Jesus? You see, because the reality is there's another Nicodemus out there who needs to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus uses people just like you and me, just like you and me, working with him to make that happen. What an honour it is. What a privilege to be used by him. And he wants to use you. And you might say, who, me, Lord? Yes, you, right? Yeah, you. Right in the right place where he's put you. But also in John chapter 3, we see Jesus being there for Nicodemus at just the right time. Jesus was there and so was Nicodemus at just the right time in his life. And isn't it an amazing truth? The God of eternity, (laughs) the God who has no beginning and no end, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is very interested in time as we know it. And that shouldn't surprise us because after all, didn't he create time? Time? As we know it, you know, and if we had the time, we could talk a lot about this, about that topic tonight. But listen to again these ma- these amazing words. These are ones that you know. But it's good to just be refreshed in God's word. Ecclesiastes three one. Most of you will know this one. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under heaven. And Galatians four. Love this verse too. Uh, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law. That's us. That we might receive the full rights as sons. And then in John 13, 1, it says this. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world And go to the Father. He's very interested in time. So, when were you born? You see, it was at the right time when you were born. Don't ever fall into that habit of saying, you know, I wish I was born then. Or I wish I was born earlier. I wish I was born later. No, don't wish that. Because you were born at just the right time. God planned it all and he's a good planner and it's good to just surrender your life to him because he knows what he's doing. You were born at just the right time and he was there and he's there now waiting for you. He was there for Nicodemus who knew it was time to meet this person called Jesus. This person called Jesus that so many were talking about, including John the Baptist, who called him the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It was time to meet this Rabbi Jesus who was changing the lives of people that met him, including his disciples. Lives radically changed. It was time to to meet this Jesus who miraculously had turned water into wine at a wedding in Cana and blessed the wedding by his presence there. If anyone's planning a wedding, invite Jesus to your wedding. He'll bless it. And for married folks here, remember to keep inviting Jesus into your marriage. Good to have Jesus in your marriage. Good to have Jesus at your wedding right at the start. Involve him with everything. So it was time. It was time for Nicodemus to meet him, the one who really does get to the heart of the matter. Let me ask you tonight. Isn't it time for you to meet the Lord Jesus Christ? If you haven't yet, isn't it time you did Because you see, not only does Jesus want you to be with him in his forever, he wants you for eternity. He loves you and longs for you to be with him in Father's house on that day. He wants you, longs for you to be with him. Just to be with him. Not only that, but you know, he wants you to be there for him to also be there for him at just the right time so that he can use you, so that he can work with you, so that he can work in you and through you for his good pleasure. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do with every one of us. And we see Jesus doing that right at the start of his ministry. We'll go to Mark's Gospel to have a look, a look at these words. We see Jesus doing this in Mark's Gospel, for example, where we read these words, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. See, at just the right time. <laughs> right place, right time. He was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I'll make you fishes of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. You see, again, it was the right time for Simon and Andrew to meet the Lord Jesus. It was the right time for them to leave their present occupation and the right time to learn the one that Jesus wanted them to learn. A new one, a new one of introducing others to Christ. You see, Jesus is always there for us, as he was for Nicodemus at just the right time. Someone asked you that question tonight. Is it your time tonight? Is it your time to open your ears, open your heart? Don't shut him out. You'll regret it if you do, but you'll be blessed if you leave him in, if if you receive him and listen to him tonight. Is it your time for him tonight? We also see this in John chapter three. So we see, so we see Jesus at just the right place for Nicodemus, right? We see him at the right time for him, and finally, he had the right word for Nicodemus. That's interesting, isn't it? Jesus had the right word, and it was because he is the Word. And as I've mentioned. Jesus is about getting to the heart of the matter and being the word who came became flesh he uses the right words he always does he always does can you imagine can you imagine what it would be like if you and I always had and always used the right words like Jesus whenever we spoke to each other can you imagine that See, Jesus always has the right word. Imagine what it would be like if we always had the right words and then used them for one another. You know, We might feel that we, we fall short of that, but we can always aim. We can always try to do that. Lord, give me the right words to say. Give me the courage to say them. I love how Peter um, so powerfully highlights this fact of Jesus having the right words on this particular occasion, recorded in, again in John chapter 6. Listen to these words, powerful words, great words. Listen to this. The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe, and who would betray him. And he went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father enabled him. That's a really interesting concept there. No one can come to the to me, or to the Father unless sorry, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. Next verse, verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Wow. What a revelation coming from Peter. You have the words of eternal life. It's you and only you. No one else does. So who do we follow? Why would you want to follow anyone else? They don't have the words of eternal life. The heart of the matter is these words of eternal life, which we all need. Peter recognized that. Lord, there's no one else. You're the one and only. With the words of eternal life. Why would you want to follow anything else? Or anyone else? And then the Apostle John had this same kind of revelation. When in this same chapter we read John saying this. In verse 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God. Speaks the word of God. And the words of God are spirit and they are life. And you know when you hear God's word, it does something in here, doesn't it? Like nothing else does. There's something about God's word that just ministers in your spirit. Witness to your own spirit. You know it does something to you because it's his word. Their spirit and their life. And they are words of eternal life. And this is the heart of the matter with every human being on this planet. And as I've said, absolutely nothing is more important than this. If there is, please tell me. And I'll have to correct you. (laughs) Because there is absolutely nothing more important than this heart of the matter, these words of eternal life, as the Apostle John so clearly indicates in these closing words of his gospel, where he says this in verse 36... Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And so in this gospel we see Jesus. Jesus came to the right place. And he came to the right place for you and me. He came at just the right time to meet you and me. And he came with the right word for you and for me. And it was because, as I said before, he loved us. And he knows the heart of the matter and he knows the matter of every heart. And that is, as Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. You need to be born again to live and you need to be born again to serve the Lord who's called you. And there's no greater honour than to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever you're doing. It doesn't mean standing up front doing this. It means being right where you are, right where God's planted you. That's where he wants you to serve him. No greater honour than to serve him. Can we pray? a powerful chapter and Father we thank you for this message that you've given us here tonight and Father indeed uh, you know every heart that's here tonight and folks just while we are in this attitude of prayer and as people are praying tonight I, I just want to give this little invitation if you're here tonight and you haven 't yet met the Lord Jesus, and you 're open to what he wants to do in your life tonight, if you know that there 's something missing and you know that he 's the one that you 're looking for i 'm going to invite you just to pray this little prayer with me if you 've prayed it like, if you 've prayed a prayer like this before that 's fine. you can still pray it. but I really want to pray for tonight. I want those tonight who, who haven 't yet prayed a prayer like this to invite Christ into your life. If you do this tonight with all your heart, then you'll meet the Lord Jesus. Because he's right here at the right place. Right time has the right word for you. Pray this prayer with me and pray it in your heart. Dear God, I want to thank you for loving me. Please forgive me of my sin. I believe that your son Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sin. And rose again from the dead. I confess Jesus as Lord tonight. And I thankfully receive your gift of eternal life. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer tonight and perhaps for the first time, or you've prayed it in a, in a way that's been renewing for you, I just want to encourage you to share that with someone. Share it with one of the pastors, share it with one of your leaders, or share it with someone here tonight before you go home. just want to encourage you to do that. So Lord, bless you as we continue our time, as we well, just about come to a close of our time now, Lord. And, uh, but thank you that we continue our time with you, even as we leave this service and go into the rest of this evening and, and the rest of the week. Thank you that you have the words of eternal life. Thank you that you know the heart of the matter with each one of us. And Father, thank you that you've chosen to use us in your service so that we can share with others the things that you've shared with us tonight. Help us to do that. Line up those divine appointments for us during the week. Help us to trust you and then use us, Lord, just as you've made us to be. And to you, we'll give all the glory and the praise. God's people said, Amen. Bless your church. Thank you.